three, two, one, blast off. It's the Unrefined Jagoff Podcast, coming to tell you a story. Oh yeah! Alright, that's enough of that. Hey everybody, and welcome to episode 8 of the Unrefined Jagoff. I'm your host, Ian Cavelli. If you're new to the show, what's wrong with you? Listen to the first seven episodes seven times. Anyway, the podcast is a collection of my stories, quotes, ideas, incoherent ramblings, or whatever else I feel like talking about. Last week I got some great news. News that's good for both of us. I got a new job, which means I'm out of the old dump, and I can finally make an episode about it. Aren't you guys lucky? 2016 was a rough year. I had just left the job I saw no future at to work at a company so awful it made me miss retail. I decided at that point, as much as I hate the healthcare industry, I hate customer service payroll and being timed for my bathroom breaks even more. My girlfriend Christina and I had met at our job in 2014 and spent most of 2015 job searching until we both landed the same shitty payroll customer service job, which isn't what this episode is about, but it's important because our first week on the floor in 2016 was miserable to say the least. I was trying to convince myself that it didn't make me want to kill myself, but Christina knew that she hated it from day one. By that Friday, we were both job hunting constantly. The only good thing about the 10 to 7 schedule at the time was cramming in early interviews. The bad thing was we got a lot of rejection anyway. In fact, we both applied for the same job in April through an agency and didn't get it, but two months later, after six months of payroll purgatory, we both got the job as direct hires for less money. June 2016 through the start of 2017, the job was great. Most of what we did was some basic math and problem solving, listening to our music and podcasts all day, and occasionally doing some overtime. Our bosses were awesome. They knew we worked hard and we kept to ourselves, so they'd just leave us alone unless we needed them. On top of that, they let us have flexible schedules. But, like most things that are good, they came to an end at the hands of idiots and horrible management. Looking back now, I was sort of doomed from the start. By the time we were hired, the only free desks were makeshift urinal stall-sized desks up against a wall just big enough to cram a computer in. Mine was the worst because it was just in the middle of the T-shape of the rows and right in front of the printers, so people constantly walked behind me. The last job had been so bad that I just kind of ignored it for the first couple months, but I was surrounded by boring old ladies talking about their low-carb diets, how stupid their children were, and how stupid their husbands are. Basically, I have permanent hearing damage now from trying to block them out. One of them, let's call her gum teeth, because she has significantly more gums than teeth, would prattle on literally the entire goddamn day, just telling people shit like, My baby told my husband, no mommy, I'm daddy, you're mommy, in their stupid nasally Edith Bunker loud voice. Every day, hey so-and-so, how's your baby? Still a baby? Listen to me complain. She's one of those people that only starts conversations so she can talk about herself or start crying because too many people are sending her emails. That isn't a joke. She actually cried once because she got two, like probably 10 emails in a day or something. Luckily, at some point, she got too pregnant and started working from home. Working from home was a pilot program. She crashed into the ground. Basically, no one was doing any work from home, so they told everyone that was working from home they have to come back to the office. And she just quit because apparently standing around talking about your family all day is too hard. I mean, the plus side here is that she couldn't bring her two sick kids in to cough on everyone while her idiot husband wanders around, but then no one could work from home. 
I honestly don't know how they haven't died like a bad game of The Sims by trapping themselves in the house and accidentally lighting it on fire. (sighs) Near her sat her idol, the one she looked up to as a god or a mother or something. Let's call her Def Leppard, because she's like an aging hair metal groupie that says everything is hilarious. So, anytime someone told a dumb story about how their baby shat itself or drank paint or something, she'd go, uh, uh, That's hilarious. At least 30 times a day. Honestly, none of it was ever hilarious. Her voice is weird. It's erratic in a way that's best described as a drunk person on meth. So, it's basically like, uh, 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 she told me that I'm not taking no lunch. Not no way, ain't no way, no. Uh, uh. So it's like a goose or a donkey. Most days she'd crack open a Diet Pepsi at like 8 a.m. at the latest, take 15 smoke breaks, and turn on her space heater because 80 degrees is apparently too cold for these idiots. Despite the fact that everyone has been told to stop, everyone was constantly running space heaters and blowing fuses that knock out half the room's computers. Just ignore the fact that they risk burning the building down and everything still makes no sense. Anyway, next to her was Cleveland Jr. I know the Cleveland show isn't regarded as successful or good to most people, but her voice sounded almost exactly like Cleveland Jr. She'd slowly walk back and forth to the bathroom 47 times a day because... Like almost everyone else in the office, she was pregnant. It was almost like everyone in the office had some weird ritual cult where they all had to get pregnant to fulfill the prophecy, paid time off, and many moons of bad stories. Basically, she'd come in every day like, Oh, oh, my baby. Hey, baby. How's your baby's daddy, baby, baby? My baby, baby, is baby, bab, bab. And talk to, uh, talk to her kids on the phone or the bank or whatever for the first three hours of work. She was nice to me, but I don't get it. When I started the job, the corner to my right with the people I was just talking about was the loud corner. About two months in, they started hiring people about as fast as they were quitting, which caused the beginning of the end. After a while, the entire room was just full of stupid people talking about stupid things all the time. The first idiot they hired to ruin things was basically a giant dollop of rancid mayonnaise that looked like Chris Farley in a wig, but not as attractive. We called her Egg because she ate very fragrant hard-boiled eggs at her desk every day. Her voice was like a more annoying and loud impression of Louis Anderson. She would tend to make really long phone calls to her dad or son from her desk phone that were usually like, Hey dad, did grandpa pick up Joey Jimmy from soccer football camp? Just get Hey, Triscuit, call Grandpa. Grandpa! And any time she didn't spend on the phone, she spent telling people carbs are bad while eating a salad from Portillo's with more fat in it than a cheeseburger. And if you're wondering, why would she never shut up about her stupid diet? Well, it's for her unnecessary gastric bypass surgery, of course. Obviously, she took off time to get the surgery right during the worst part of the year and didn't even really need the surgery. In fact, she ended up making her colon collapse or something really fucking gross, because apparently that's worth it to wear a bikini, because surprise, surprise, surgery isn't magic! But you can't really expect someone to understand that when they regularly say things like, No, Grandpa, we don't got none, and other double negatives. Next came her best friend, the rat's nest. Her first day, they walked her around to meet the office, and I got a bad first impression. She was wearing fake glasses and wouldn't even look at me or pay attention while they introduced her. And right off the bat, she was complaining about things. 
Over time, she wouldn't brush or comb her hair, so some days it looked like she came in from a windstorm after a tumbleweed got stuck in her hair and someone jizzed on the back of her head. Turns out, she also doesn't wear socks, so one day she took off her boots and it smelled like rotten garbage from four desks away. Her work ethic was terrible. She'd do maybe 1% of the work expected of us, she had zero manners, and would yell at food delivery people on the phone constantly while saying she's going to die from her diabetes if she doesn't get her calzone. I overheard her saying once that they treat her like a Hebrew slave with her workload, which is really odd, specific, and inaccurate comparison. The rat and the egg spent so much time complaining about work, but I never actually saw them do any work, and I had to complain to management who basically did nothing. Except, then they complained about someone telling them to quiet down, and one lady said, Some people have too much time on their hands. Really, lady? Because I'm not the one talking for eight hours a day about my fucking low-carb egg salad mayo energy drinks all day. They're a trio, though, and their third friend, the frog, didn't like me very much. She just looks like a frog right before it croaks. One time, she fell asleep under her desk and all her friends took pictures of her for Facebook and laughed at her. Another time, on the way into work, I was right behind her and she looked at Christina and I and let the door slam in my face. The best is that recently, her and her friend got in a fight over something at work, and that somehow escalated to her friend threatening to kill her if she doesn't give her money or something? I don't know, but they called the cops on her friend and now her friend's fired! Their supervisor, now team lead because she was demoted, is no better. Usually when she'd come back to address the noise complaints, she'd actually make it worse. She once came back there and started audibly sniffing around and said, I smell chicken! Brown's chicken! Like some sort of monster from a movie that knows all its victims by smell. Now's probably a good time to take one of those things us people in the business call a break. The Unrefined Jagoff is brought to you by Ian Cavelli. That's me! For free! Kinda. I pay for hosting and I don't have any sponsors, which, I know, it's hard to believe no one has handed me a metric ton of gold or, like, anything at all. But hey, why let some corporate dork be the first to give me money? You can! You can give me all your money! Tell your friends, family, pet alligator, and the lingering ghost of Edgar Allan Poe about my podcast and share, rate, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. Also, go on Bandcamp.com and listen to Satan's Basement, The Astronaut King, DJ Fartbot, and even Tropical Pine Fruits. And give me like a quarter of a million dollars. I don't care. Just don't be a ding-dong. Rate, subscribe, and share. And follow at Unrefined Jagoff on Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, and Facebook. Back to the show! Aside from my tiny desk and all the idiots, I didn't mind the job itself at the time. My manager was great, supervisor was really nice, and everyone on my team was good. Then, Skelet Whore stepped in. If you've ever wondered what would happen if Rachel Ray went anorexic, did some heroin, and got a marble stuck somewhere in her sinuses, that's pretty much the director. I completely blame her for the center's downfall because 1. She's a bitch, 2. She treats everyone like they're idiots, and 3. The ones she does respect actually are idiots. Every time she called a meeting, I ended up pissed off. And not only because she'd walk to the farthest end of a room full of cubicles and expect everyone to hear her. Basically, every meeting is to tell us our numbers are bad, they're taking something away from us as punishment, and that she's an evil dictator that will probably get fired eventually. After she took charge, my good manager was moved to another building before she quit and was replaced by a big idiot lady that seems like a frat boy. Then, four more managers were given the choice, which means quit or be fired, which is followed with every single person from original management quitting. 
So within the last year, over 30 people have either left for corporate or quit. For a center that only had 60 people last year, I think that's considered bad. Here's a problem. We all had one-on-one -on -one meetings and said that communication sucks. Next week, they say we're not allowed to email our manager anymore. I guess we should have tried reverse psychology. With new management came employees from the other building and some guy that was a manager that I think just basically put up poster boards all day. I've never seen him do anything. One of the guys from the other building, we'll call him Milhouse, because my friend at work pointed out that when he lifts his glasses, he has little beady eyes like Milhouse did in The Simpsons. He's essentially a pompous asshole that wears either a suit and a tie or a vest and a tie every day, and literally no one else in the company even wears a tie. His job is essentially just simple data entry, but he complains all day about how everything is too hard and wrong. He just sounds like if Bill Cosby accidentally took some of his own roofies. He talks agonizingly slow, and if you ever ask him a favor, he acts like it's, uh, his time is too valuable to do his job correctly. It's always just, uh, They keep answering these NDCs wrong, and I can't keep changing these things, and I can't type the dates in my notes because that's an extra step that takes me time. Yeah, I got in an argument with him once because he said it was too much extra work to type the claim dates in his notes. I just ended up storming back to my desk saying something under my breath about how he's a lazy douchebag. And, uh, he also likes to yell at people at insurances with nonsense when he doesn't get his way, like, Give me a level two. Can you put on a level two? Put a level two on the line. Don't you don't know what you're doing. You're not a level two. What the fuck is a level two? Seriously. Anyway, his best friend is this guy that we ended up calling Man Baby because he dresses like a kid wearing his dad's clothes and has a weirdly high-pitched monotone voice. Most of the time when he'd talk, I'd just zone out and nod or laugh when he'd smile and I'd just wait for him to walk away. All I could ever hear was, for like 15 minutes and I'm just like, dude, I just wanted to know why all your numbers are wrong. I think his collector hated him and knew he was an idiot at least. She'd always yell at him for having to correct his mistakes. But she had an odd relationship with Milhouse though where they'd just kind of do some weird flirting or something. It sounded gross and awkward, so I tried not to pay attention. After a while, I just stopped caring. My last week I spent at least a few hours whipping paper clips and launching rubber bands. Sometimes I'd open junk email just to see what happens. Well, I'd always open junk emails just to see what happens. One more thing people need to understand about healthcare is that all the technology we use is outdated by at least 30 years. The printers we print claims on are old-ass invoice printers that constantly sound like a squealing pig, especially when idiots print to the wrong printer, which is all the time. It's kind of like that. So, needless to say, for the last six months, I was taking 20-minute dumps like three times a day just to get away from everything. My second to last day, they had some dumbass meeting about pay rates that pissed me off, so I just stood up, walked out of the room, and pooped for 20 minutes. Then I went to get a cup of tea until they stopped talking. I don't have to put up with that shit anymore. There's no reason in getting pissed off. 
I left just in time, honestly. We were switching to a new, impossible-to-use computer system. They were moving into a new building the day I left, and they don't have free coffee anymore. Also, Christina had left and found a new job, so uh, I was pretty motivated to get out. Well, that's enough bitter resentment for one episode, so that's it for this episode of the Unrefined Jagoff. Tune in next time for more Jagoffery. Rate, subscribe, and share with your friends. Share with your family. Share with your cousin Rodney. Share with the guy I used to sit across from at work that looked like Puerto Rican Rodney Dangerfield. Share with a dog. Share with your Uncle Rodney. Also, follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, and Facebook. As always, I'm your host, Ian Cavelli. All writing, recording, and production is done by myself in my bedroom studio. Music by Satan's Basement. Remember to support the arts, humanities, public media, your local comic book store, and of course, each other. Don't be dicks to each other, show empathy, and be a good person where it counts. Well, that's a wrap. Get out of here before I call the cops. Or give you the plops. Bye, slops! Tight, and I think these sandy seas.